following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. Everybody and welcome back to another episode of the Two Point Conversation. I am your host for the night, Brian Finch, and I am co-hostless, but I am not alone. Relying on a now what I would consider tried and true source for everything that is college football uh, it is our good friend Bryce from the Sideline Scout. Welcome back, Bryce. Hey man, how you doing tonight? It's a good night. It's a good night. Uh, recording this on Thursday night, November 10th, and we've had college football going on basically all week. So if you wanted to get into anything this week, um, it's already happening. You're kind of late to the party. (laughs) Yep. Um, before we look at anything going forward, we need to look past because yes, as you know, you're getting this on a Friday and that is unique. You're used to getting this on a Tuesday. I apologize, but um, some scheduling things and just um, trying to wait for Tyler. And then unfortunately he got mandated to work. So no Tyler this week. Um, and uh, you know, it, it wasn't exactly how we planned, but we're going to forge on. And uh, I just want to have Bryce on here to, to kind of be my backup uh, because he is more dialed in than me to some of these dudes. I want to make sure that I, I don't, you know, misquote anything here. You know what I mean? Yeah, hey, look, I know my role, and I'm going to try to excel in it tonight. You're, you're the man. Uh, first game first from last week. Obviously, we got to talk Tennessee, Georgia, final score 27-13, dogs on top. Biggest takeaways from this game have to be Georgia's defense looks like it cannot be stopped. Although that's something you normally say for offense. Defenses do the stopping, so it is most most definitely a unmovable force right now in the field, and it's very tough to find places to move the ball against them. Yeah, I, I, that was one of the games. I think I, I, I for sure watched the whole game, and man, it just physically they dominated Tennessee for four straight quarters. It was wasn't close. Um, the, 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 you look at the score, and it sounds a little close. It wasn't that close. There was never a time where I was like, "Oh, Tennessee's they got it. They're going to come back." No, there was never any of that. Um, Georgia just looks like they're in another tier to me. It's Georgia and everybody else. That's that was my biggest takeaway. Um, they got Jalen Carter back healthy. He's been battling kind of lingering injuries all year. You know, if you tune into the draft at all, you know, Jalen Carter is probably gonna be a top five pick next year. And that's making all the difference right now. He dominated Saturday, last Saturday. Yeah. yeah. He's definitely putting on the tape that the, the splash plays are starting to show up now. Yeah. Like, like scouts, people that get real access to the team, they've already seen solid play from him despite some, unfortunate like they haven't he hasn't been knocked out 
more than just one game he missed, I think, right? Just one game. Yeah, I think it was one or two, but they say he hadn't really been healthy all year. Yeah. But, they were really limiting his snaps when he did play. But he, he does such a – even when he's not able to be explosive, explosive and create those big splash plays, he's still controlling the line. Like he's, yeah. he's he's a guy that you try and double team, and then he just turns your double team into advantage for his teammates. Like he's he's great in that role when you try and take him out of the game, and you just say, all right, well, if we neutralize him, you know, we can try and scheme away from him or whatever, and that that works at the Bulldogs' advantage, in, in my opinion, because now you're focusing too much attention, and there's just as talented players in the secondary and the linebacker core. So, yeah. I- I tell people all the time there were three first round picks on that line last year and Trayvon Walker, Jordan Davis, Devontae Wyatt. And even last year, Jalen Carter was the best player on that line. He just wasn't draft eligible. Yeah, that that's that's how great this guy is. Yeah. So Hooker, rough day, just no space to move the ball. Just no one was getting open. He didn't have time even if they were. And there were drops. There's way too many drops in that game. Um, little, little rough as far as just execution wise. I still walk away from this game and thinking that yes, they're on another tier of their own, but this offensive script, it's not going to work every game and just one bad week in the playoffs. will get them knocked out. So I, I would like to see a little more production from that offensive side is because their ground game doesn't scare me at all. Like it's weird to say that, that I don't even know who the running back is to be honest with you. Right. And I don't even know who he is. I saw that they're like when going into the matchup, it was, it was, it was Tennessee actually runs the ball more than Georgia does. And, and Georgia actually passes the ball far, far more. Yeah, Tennessee does, which is crazy to think about considering who you would look at and go, all right, look at these two quarterbacks between, you know, uh, Hooker and, and um, uh, Spencer over there. <laughs> Mr. Vanilla. 28-year-old Stetson Bennett, yeah. Yeah. Um, he he looks like that guy, though, and, and then, like, when you look him in a vacuum, you look at him for Georgia and you just realize, like, he can do enough to keep an offense in the field. He'll never be the reason you win the game, though. No, you know, he's he's, <laughs> and I love watching him play. I mean, the guy really every week he's leaving it all out on the field, and I love watching that about him. But he just hasn't had that yet. I, I think. I, I I think I posted the other day. He reminds me of every Alabama quarterback from like. Up till Jalen Hurts in the Saban era, Jake Coker, Blake Stems, Blake Bennett, just backup level guys, but they they're on an extremely talented team. They just gotta not mess up too bad, and they'll win the game. Yeah, those are some rough names you just brought up. <laughs> those, those, those hey, a lot. couple of those guys were national champions. <laughs> Oh, for uh, sure in college. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I always yeah. like to put quarterbacks. They, unfairly so, I don't celebrate their college careers nearly as much as I project them and get excited for them in the pros for whatever reason. Like mm-hmm. I'm not one of those guys that remembers the Tim Tebow Gators fondly. I remember him like watching him in college and go, I don't see how that's going to work in the pros. And then he goes in the pros. Yeah. And I'm like, see, I didn't see it. 
So it's always like tainted for me. Are you like that? Yeah, I was like that with Johnny football. Um, and my dad loved him. My dad was like, that guy's a winner. Like he, he wins Bryce. And I'm like, and as when I was kind of getting into scouting, I was like, that doesn't really matter. I mean, if when you go to the pros, I said, he's a one read guy. He does not read past Mike Evans. And if Mike Evans didn't open, he's running. And so, yeah, I, I know where you're coming from on that. Yeah. Uh, Colt McCoy was a winner too. He won in high school. He won in college. Yeah. He didn't win too much when he went to the pros. No. Yeah. Uh, we can move on now to probably what turned into the marquee game of the day with LSU topping Alabama and simultaneously ending Alabama's chances of being in the playoffs and probably giving LSU the only path for them to make it to the playoffs. If they were going to make, if LSU is going to make the playoffs with two losses, obviously some other teams need to lose and there's only three games left in the season for everybody. And you need two losses out of those top four teams. So that's a little rough. Now you get helped out with Michigan and Ohio state that one of those is catching an L that's one. You still need one of those teams to catch another loss. And now we can start talking about you because then we can start talking about growth and what you were at the beginning of the year and where you are now. And there's obvious growth uh, from LSU, from the football program. But more importantly, the quarterback play. Yeah. We're talking about, once again, you know, we had, we had Joe Burrow a couple of years ago where it was like this, oh, my God, LSU finally has a quarterback, which I never remembered. I mean, going all the way back to, geez, I don't even know who you would list as a legit quarterback to enter the pros. But Marcus Russell. <laughs> I was going to say, do we have to go that far back? But we, I guess we That's, I mean, I only thing sticks out is Marcus Russell, Zach Mettenberger, if you remember him. Okay, see, that's what I was trying to think. I mean, there's another name that someone will probably bring up. <laughs> Burger, yeah. So, what do you think of Daniels? What do you think here, man? Dude, I was a fan of Daniels for years. When he was at Arizona State, I was just convinced he was going to be that guy. And he kind of fizzled off. He never really had any success at Arizona State. And he transfers to LSU, and he's kind of whatever early in the season. But he's really caught on here. This is the quarterback I always thought Jaden Daniels could be. I mean, with his legs, with his arm, it doesn't it doesn't matter. He's beating you. And, it's, you know, he's got Boutte, but it's not like he's got any world beaters out there. Yeah. Mason Taylor looked good, the, fresh, the true freshman tight end, but – He's doing a hell of a job. I've been really impressed with Jaden Daniels over the last uh, three or four weeks. He's really been having some monster games. Mm. He's been quite um, opportunistic, I, I think, with with what he's doing in deciding when to take off and make plays and also when he uses that threat of running to his advantage. There's been several times where he's pulled up and kind of just in a way like scramble just to take time to find a guy open, which is it's growth. And that's, if you're going to be one of these guys in the NFL that is gifted with legs and the arm, you also need to be the guy that realizes how to utilize your athleticism to slow the game down and create more space and and create more time to allow guys to get open, especially because you end up, if you're a top pick, you're going to go to a pretty bad team. And those guys that if I have found success, you know, perfect example now in the league is Joe Burrow. Um, not to like make the complete comparison just in college quarterbacks, but 
he seems he would have to play like that where a guy that can play in the pocket, he understands how to, you know, bite a little more time, create a little more space for himself, let his guys get open. Obviously having Jamar Chase helps, helps a, lot. a lot. Yeah, helps, helps a, lot. a lot. But I'm just trying to say, like, if you're going to be successful as a early quarterback, uh, a early starting quarterback in the NFL, um, the the guys that do it, they, that's what they were doing right now. You know, Patrick Mahomes, like, yeah, he sat for a year, but even still, he comes out and immediately he just has this natural fear feel for the pocket, how to extend the play, l- allow guys to get open, work towards the window that you know that a guy should be. That's the other thing too. There's an, there's one thing to like scramble and create a play um, where you let a guy ex- get his route extended and get to a space open, but also know to run out to your right when you know you got that deep crosser who's your third option, you know, is your third read, and you you buy that time to allow him to get to that open zone. And I think yeah. guys like Daniels, while I'm not sold on his arm, but it's good enough, right? Yeah, it's good enough. And it's that was always his thing. He had a good enough arm, but he was a, a crazy talented athlete, which you know we've seen over the past couple of weeks. On the other side, I think we have, in spite of what their record is right now, and I don't see it getting too much worse. I mean, to Bryce Young, minus when he was you know banged up there, he's put on a hell of a clinic as far as quarterback playing in the college world goes. He is that. He is Alabama's entire. I've never seen. I never thought I'd say that. An Alabama offense was being carried by a quarterback, but it is. He is all their offense. I wish they'd run Jameer Gibbs more. I don't know why they don't, but right now, Bryce Young, I mean, he's doing it with nobody at receiver. I mean, it's the first time in a long time. I remember, don't remember any big names coming from Alabama. I mean, I know the names coming out, but they're not first or even second-round picks. Right. So. Yeah, he is he is carrying that offense right now. Well, leading receiver on the day for Alabama was actually a sophomore this week, uh, Jacory Brooks, um, yeah. holding seven catches, ninety-seven yards, and a touchdown. But you're right, man. It's it's Bryce Young, or that offense does not move the ball right now. No. And no. everything I just said for Daniels, copy and paste going forward here with Bryce Young. But with the caveat of, but, but can he withstand the punishment of the NFL? It's hard yeah, to right now. It, if it's just off strictly quarterback plays QB one by a mile, yeah. But then you pull up, you know, he's six foot. They got him listed at one ninety five, but I don't buy that. I think he's one eighty. Yeah, that the playing <laughs> weight is always so much lighter. Yeah, it's uh, it's tough. I'm my QB one now. I've kind of swapped him and Stroud all year. Um, I don't know, man. It, it, like you said, it's just a, you can't project it. You just you know, we're not going to know till he gets in the league and see how he does. Yep. Well, I I I'm going to bank on him a little bit more than previous um, gambles that come out of Alabama quarterback play because I mean I, I've just seen him do the things yeah. that I know you need to do in the NFL. Which is, I mean, his ball placement is really, really good. I don't know if you've seen that play. It was an interception in the end zone. I think I posted it the other day. Yeah. 
but he scrambles forward. Defender comes to meet him head on. He angles around, angles his arm around the defender. Wide receiver should have called it. I don't know why he didn't. It was a little behind him, but I mean, it was just that kind of stuff. Like you were talking about, you got to know how to do stuff like that. And he just naturally knows how to do it. Yeah. No, and it's not, it's, I mean, you can try and teach it, but rarely does it actually. Yeah. Uh, ballers are 98% of quarterback couldn't dream of even beginning to do stuff like he does. Right. Right. No, it is. It's, it's <laughs> top level stuff. Um, so yeah, LSU in the hunt, Alabama, unfortunately is now down to, you know, they, they lost to Tennessee. So if you're tied with them, you're out. You're, you lost to LSU. So if you're tied with them, you're out. Like it, it, these, these losses are going to start stacking up in a way that even if you can win out, you may end up tied and then you're out anyways with the head to head. So weird year for Bama. I actually think a few people that I listen to and respect in the college football world kind of predicted this a little bit. Um, yeah. they, they thought, first off, I mean, compared Georgia to Alabama, you knew the more talented team um, because of just, the, the recruiting trail and and the, the I mean I can't wait to see who gets plucked out this Georgia staff that's that's the next big shoe to fall for them I think after this year is all right how many of these assistants are you going to lose and can you keep rolling it out every year yeah I don't I don't know who's calling their offensive plays but I really studied Georgia's offense it is beautiful some of the stuff they do yep. uh, I don't I, I don't know who the offense coordinator is I've never bothered to look but he's a genius whoever he is. <laughs> yeah, good stuff coming out of there, uh, Athens, Georgia, as usual, and then not so good down there in Tuscaloosa. But let's head to the state of Texas, a close one. Uh, this is now your fourth. Uh, oh, they haven't listed as seventh. Uh, no, they're the, the fourth seed right now in the playoffs. The TCU Horn Frogs keep winning. They are still undefeated. I thought this was going to give them a little bit of struggle. And I was right for like three quarters and then TCU woke up and then it was over. was not much of a game after that score looks close. It's 34, 24 for your final, but it, I mean, it was close for three quarters, but then that this, the fourth quarter, it's like two different teams. It's like not even, not even close to the same. I don't know what was with TCU. The the quarterback play was letting them big big time. I mean, Duggan had his worst game of the year, and he goes twelve of twenty three, one ninety five, and two touchdowns. So it's not even that bad, but it was his worst game of the year. Yeah, TCU such a hard. I mean, I know they're winning, they're undefeated, but to me, they're not in the tier of you know Ohio State, Michigan. Georgia or even Tennessee. I don't think on a neutral field TCU could beat Tennessee. I don't. I'm just not confident in TCU. I respect them; they're winning, but I I don't see them as a legit playoff team. I think whoever gets them would run over them in the first round. And that's kind of been the trend, though, with the playoffs, right? I mean, when, yeah. when Notre Dame was in there, they got absolutely destroyed. You know, my Michigan Wolverines got absolutely obliterated by Georgia. Like. It's it's gonna happen with these lower seeds. Yeah. There's no way of fixing it because I just think that in college football, these top tier teams, when they're rolling like this, like I said, they could catch one bad week and then they're out. But it's just, it, 
the talents just like think about this. They're playing against each other all this time during practice and stuff, and they're all elite competitors, elite athletes. I mean, how do you not yeah. just keep getting better and better by going against each other like that? And there's yeah. ninety. You know what I mean? There's ninety yeah. other crazy athletes. So, uh, start of this game and and getting a lot of hype as we project, you know, out to the NFL draft. Condre Miller, running back for TCU. What are your opinions on him? Because I am hearing a lot of lot of buzz about him. I am too, man. I haven't got any tape on him yet, but there's a lot of guys like you, I respect that are really high on Condre Miller. I didn't think he was draft eligible until next year. I think he's a junior this year, um, but I, I and I'm not as connected as most pro scouts, or I don't get taped the following week of the games. I have to wait a little bit, uh, and as of right now, I just don't have any on him. But I should have some by the off season, um, and I'm really looking forward to watching Condre Miller. I mean, I don't really watch a lot of TCU games. I, I they're just not on. I'm in North Carolina. We don't really get a lot of TCU games on cable around here, right. but. I have been hearing the buzz about him. Yeah, he he was the heart and soul of the team this week. Um, Duggan took a step back, but a, a weird year for Texas Tech too. There's there was buzz about them this year. Their defense, I thought, would have been the strongest, if not you know, if not the strongest, the second strongest in that conference. Um, I don't know. They just been it's been they've been off. And I don't, I don't see if they're gonna get back on track anytime soon because now, I mean, you are losing. How about this? Okay, you are losing Texas in the conference, right? They'll they'll be moving out to the yeah. SEC next. I think it's next year, twenty twenty three. I might be wrong, but regardless, you know that that conference is getting a little weaker. Um, you already lost Texas A and M, so we'll see. Maybe maybe the the Big Twelve can have a, a new contender next year. Maybe it is Tech, but it is not this year. Uh, speaking of Texas, they take care of Kansas State, and I think we're starting to see with Texas what they might look like in the future. And I do think they are on the rise. You know, the old joke of, is Texas back? And they're not back this year. <laughs> this is about next no. year. everything they're doing from here on out. Is about building towards next year. Um, Quinnura is coming back for another year. You'd have to be excited to see him um, compete once again for the job because I think that they'll get him. Let Arch try, I would think. Archie Manning being the uh, top recruit probably for their class. Robinson. Yeah, I mean they're 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 a young team all around. I think the offensive line or four of the five are freshmen or sophomore. I mean they're going to be bringing a lot of guys back next year. Um, you got Xavier Worthy coming back, who will be wide receiver one. Cons- uh, uh, God, wide receiver one conversation in twenty twenty four. Got some guys on the defense coming back. Uh, somebody asked me the other day they were looking for a new team because they root for Boston College. Who you know? <laughs> they they were looking for a new team. That's how good Boston College is. I was like, man, Texas would be a good one to look at. They're going to be good for a few years. Oh. And mine, like I said, like you said, not necessarily this year, but. In the coming years, they should be pretty strong. Yeah, you think uh, you think Worthy's projection uh, to the NFL is on the outside? I think so. 
Yeah, okay. I think so. Yeah, I mean, he'd like a little more size, but man, he plays a game. It, he's next year's wide receiver class is great. You got Marvin Harrison Jr. and Xavier Worthy, both who are technically well, like technically refined, well beyond their years. They, along with being great athletes, I think Marvin Harrison Jr. is much more of an easier projection. But I could see Worthy playing on the outside in the NFL. Okay, yeah, six six one. Um, right, right around the two bills mark. Yeah, I thought a little under, but yeah. Um, cool. Uh, how about we'll, we'll do this game and then we'll, we'll look for it a little bit. Um, Clemson drops a big one to Notre Dame, bump them out of the playoffs for now. Um, ND showing up out of nowhere. I don't know how this happened to Clemson so quickly. But we were banking on their quarterback play just about every year to be one of the shining lights in college football. And DJ, man, is a far cry from what their caliber is from year in, year out. Yeah, he's that guy you all every year. I mean, we talked about last year. Need to see him take that step. We talked about it earlier this year. Man, he's got to take that step. And there was a few weeks there, it looked like he took it, but they were playing, you know, no competition. But he's just not a guy. I, I, I hear a lot of clamor for they want to go with the freshman. I don't know what his name is, but the, he came in at one of those games earlier in the year. But that's what's holding them back. I mean, they're talented at every other position. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, they're a little weak at receiver, but just. You know, no other way to put it, quarterbacks holding them back. So, I mean, does he transfer? You'd have to think next year he's not in Clemson, right? And it might be a conversation where it's a little bit of being honest and saying, we'd like to go forward with this kid over you, DJ, or, I mean, he he may want a new change of scenery anyways. I think that first option be probably well, like I said, they've already brought that kid in once this year. He was against Georgia Tech. Um, so they're already kind of showing we like this kid. We'll we'll bring him in into this game. And I see him doing that next year, saying, Hey, we're gonna roll with this kid and DJ transfers. Or he maybe he could go ahead and enter the draft. I don't see why he would, but he could end up doing that. <laughs> I would. <laughs> I was in his his circle. I would be like, do not do that. Yeah, uh, Cade Klubnik is the yep. quarterback. That's it. From Austin, Texas. So uh, he threw one pass this game, uh, went for a pick. So good job, kid. <laughs> <laughs> uh, star of this offense though, this year, though, has 100% been uh, Will Shipley. Projecting him into the NFL. Is is he a hybrid where he can play in the slot and you he's like your third down back? Or do you see him as a between-the-tackles runner? I see him as a between-the-tackles runner. I really like Will Shipley. Yeah. I mean, he runs hard, and he's not like a tiny guy either. I don't know his exact measurements, but just watching him on TV, he's not, not a tiny guy. Um, he runs good between the tackles. He runs good outside the tackles. 
I can see him being a three down back in the NFL, but that's just me. Yeah. 5'11, 205. He doesn't strike me as strong. Yeah. But his his burst and his his stride just carries him through contact. It's it's really he's a really unique runner in that way that especially like you see it on kickoffs. Like obviously yeah. he's got a head start and he's 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 full blast, but like these dudes are trying to like legit double arm tackle him around the legs and he's running right through them. Like they're not even oh, they just fall off. Yeah, they just fall off of him. It's yeah. I was somebody telling somebody about it a couple of weeks ago. I was like, man, I really like Will Shipley. Like it, it, I really like watching this guy play. Um he said he's just I, I think he can be a three down back in the NFL. I mean he might have to put on ten or so pounds, but I really think he could be. Yeah, five five eleven, uh they they list him as a little over two hundred pounds. So yeah, yeah, besides we're running back. Uh yeah, let's go ahead and look forward to week eleven now. So um I know most of you, if you're a diehard college football fan, you've already listened to other shows talk about last week. So you're not relying on us to break down anything that you haven't already heard. Um, but I thought it was important that we touched on them and uh, give our quick opinions on it. So fast forwarding to this upcoming week, uh, Saturday, uh, no big marquee games that like I think right now directly influence anything. Involving the playoffs, one hundred percent. You know, obviously, you got to win this week. There's, there's. If, if you're in the hunt, you can't afford to drop anything. Um, it looks like there might be some late season buys. Is Georgia on buy this week? Now they got Mississippi State, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. I don't know why I can't find them on here. That's what you get for relying on an app and not writing stuff down. Yep, that's me. I'm an amateur. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, Alabama Ole Miss is interesting because Ole Miss, if they can figure out how to win, that's a big if. But if they can figure out how to win, staying within striking distance of Georgia would be interesting. I don't see any way that they'd be able to outpower, especially with the the style that Ole Miss is choosing to play with right now. I don't see any way that that offense can move the ball against Georgia because in my opinion right now, the only way you're going to beat Georgia is if you can be a balanced team. You have to be able to attack over top as well as be able to to, to, to you have to have a respectable run game, or else Georgia's going to sit back and they'll play two two high shell because they know that their front four are going to be able to lock you down anyways as far as a run game goes. So you need a reason for them to bring a safety into the box. You know you need them to start playing a little more single high, and you need to be able to move the ball in the air when they do that. You need to take advantage, and I don't see Ole Miss doing that. They got, I mean, they got a good run game. I don't think their passing game is bad, but like I said, I don't think it's enough that Georgia will respect it enough to bring a safety down. Right. Um, yeah. It, like we said, I, like I said at the beginning, it's Georgia and everybody else. I mean, we sit here and talk about anybody, how they can beat them, but that is a lot easier for us to say than it is for anybody to do it. 
Yeah. I would give anything to have half of the the talent they have in the trenches on both sides of the ball. Like it's yeah. just it's yeah. just unfair. So anyways, Alabama, Ole Miss, um game is in uh Mississippi. So home a little home field advantage. Hopefully it gets it done. Uh I'd I think I'd still roll with Bama just because yeah. they can they can move the ball so much better through the air. I mean, we we you know we can meme on them all we want, but I mean they've lost what they lost at Tennessee and at LSU. I mean, you you go to those away games in college, especially in the SEC. You're playing in front of a hundred thousand people, a hundred thousand drunk college students. I mean that that those are tough places to play. I don't. I'm not going to take anything away from Bama because they're they've lost two games. They lost two hard fought games. Mm-hmm. So I, I would still roll with them over 95% of, you know, college football. Yeah. Oh, uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, the other marquee game that we need to touch on for this week, TCU travels to Texas. This is the last big hurdle for TCU. Yeah. This is the one I had circled. Cause... I mean, they had, I mean, Texas is good, man. And in, in a lot of ways, like just le- legit good. Um, they just haven't because they are so young. Probably they just haven't been able to figure out how to close out some of these games. Yeah. So, I, my boy Alex is gonna be mad at me. I think I might take Texas in this one. Oh, I'm for sure taking Texas. And I, I think Robinson's gonna expose TCU. I think that's what's gonna end up happening. When I was going over, that was the difference. I said I think Bijan's the difference in this game. Yeah, they're, they're pretty equal everywhere else, but because like said, I, no, go ahead. I just said I could just see, like you said, I could haven't seen a mo- monster game this week. Do you because do you see anyone on the outside at those cornerbacks being able to if if he's taking those runs to to the edge, are they going to be able to make one on one tackles on him? The TCU's cornerbacks are small, like five eight, five nine, sub two hundred pounds. No. No, 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 no. They're not making. They're not tackling that horse. Or, I mean, we can talk about Bijan. They got Roscoe Johnson sitting behind Bijan as well. Who I'm hearing could be a, t- a day two pick. Um, he's that good. They're talking like a God. What's uh, what Priest Holmes went to school with? Who they both went to Texas. Was it Ricky Williams? Yeah, Ricky Williams, Priest Holmes. It, it, oh. They're making that comparison. They're making that comparison right there. How good. Roscoe Johnson is so. Texas has got two running backs. I think could have a big day on Saturday. Well, just as long as you're not talking about Thurman Thomas and Barry Sanders, we're all right. <laughs> they both played at Oklahoma State together, so yeah. Famously, I forget who it was. Uh, Andrew Lenz from Two Point and everything else on the network. Um, my buddy Andrew is going to be mad at me. I can't remember, but a, a college coach said. Don't hurt, don't hurt Thurman Thomas because we don't want to have the other guy come in after him. Uh, dude, I heard that quote the other day, and I can't remember who it was that said it either. But I, I heard that quote the other day. They were talking about Barry Sanders. I don't remember who it was though. Silly. Um, I mean, outside of that, I, I mean, LSU's got got to go to Arkansas. Now, Arkansas is not what we thought they were having, you know, early on in the season. They've fallen apart as of late, sitting at five and four. 
but still a road tilt like that going to be a tough place. Um, how about no, I got nothing good, man. Wow. Week 11, you're weak. You're disappointing me. <laughs> I, I can give you some games I had circled. Um, not necessarily that would have college football implications, but they have draft implications. Okay. Uh, you got Illinois and Purdue playing this week. You'll get to see my boy Charlie Jones uh, up against Devon Witherspoon, who's probably be a day two pick at corner. Really long, really athletic. Really see them two match up. And then Utah and Stanford, just, you know, any game Tanner McKee's playing in is a game I want to watch. Okay. And then you got Clark Phillips on Utah, who he'll be targeting. That's a good game there, too. And then I had Washington and Oregon. I mean, Oregon's still in that hunt, too. Oregon's – they really buckled down since getting their, you know, ass kicked by Georgia earlier in the year. But Georgia's still in that hunt. Washington's a good team. Michael Penix Jr. has been having a good season. Yeah. Oh, that's a good call. Yeah. I mean, for total, just you want to watch just a high score. I'm sure UNC and Wake Forest will be a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, because neither one of them could stop anybody. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, you do you like um, Mays? You you think you think he's he's got something? Yeah, there? yeah I think Mays QB one next year. Okay. And I'm willing to say that over Caleb Williams and Quinn Ewers. I, I like. I've been. I mean, like like I've said before, I'm from you. I'm from NC. He's from NC. I've been hearing about Drake May since he was in college. Not college. Jesus Christ. High school. Uh, the, the kid's legit, and if you look at his numbers this year, he's really outplayed anybody in this class and next year's class. He's got better numbers than Stroud. He's got better numbers than Young. I mean, the kid's legit. Yeah, Stroud, man. It was a it was a rough game last week. So now, but now because of that, I think the magnifying glass is you know is staring at him a little stronger going on here on out because it was such a poor outing. I do respect playing in poor weather is rough, but yeah, I mean, it was as I, said, I didn't think much of it. He was playing a 40 mile an hour win. All that told me is that, you know, the Lions probably need to stay away from him. Uh, you don't want him playing at Lambeau in, in November or, you know, that's all it really showed me there. Uh, may drop him a few spots. I don't think he, I mean, I, I knew that going in. He didn't have the arm talent to play in any of these Northern teams, but I don't, know, I don't think it hurt him too bad. Yeah. Yeah. You know me, though. Michigan. Fan. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, boy. Well, um, yeah, let's punt on this r- rest of the time then. Uh, week 11. Um, not exactly my favorite week to look at. Man, week 10 was so much. But then again, I probably looked at LSU Alabama and like pff, Alabama should take care of them. No problem. That once again, that's me not liking Brian Kelly. <laughs> uh, real quick, let's hit some bangers for uh, the defensive prospects for the draft. Um, last time we did top three, we don't need to do that. Let's just go with Bryce's top five favorite defensive players available in this year's draft. Mm, so available or. We want to go sleepers. Do we want to just go best in the class? What do we want here? How about do, do your top five, 
guys that are going to be the marquee guys that everyone was talking about, definitely first rounders, and then come back with a handful of your choosing of your favorite sleepers. All right. So we'll go, we'll go six. We got five positions. So we'll go top at each position. Then I'll go sleepers. So top defensive lineman is going to be Jalen Carter. We talked about him earlier. Six, five, three, ten, but he moves like he's 260 pounds. The guy's a game wrecker, a game changer. Top five. I mean, I said the other day, he plays defensive line, some positional value. He's not going to go first overall, but you could argue him for the best player in the class, no doubt. If you take out positional value, he's the best player in the class. Um, Edge, Will Anderson Jr., sure you all have heard the name. Uh, Explosive, explosive athlete, crazy length, an unrelenting motor. Will Anderson is just fun to watch play. I hate I hate calling players fun to watch, but he really is. He really is fun to watch. Um, linebacker Trenton Simpson out of Clemson. Uh, they moved it. I mean, six three two forty, but they put him at slot corner. They put him at safety. They put him at linebacker. They have him rushing the passer. He, he he's just a chess piece. He's probably going to run in the four fours at six three two forty. He's that type of athlete. Um, that's insane. cornerback. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's Jack too. He's not a he's not a slim two forty. I mean, I don't know how you could be a slim two forty, but he's he's a big guy. Um, cornerback. I don't know. I go between Keely Ringo and Christian Gonzalez out of Oregon, but I think I'd lean Ringo. He had a really good game the other day against Tennessee. Uh. 6'2", 210. I don't know if you've seen the interception he had on Cedric Tillman, but he kind of just ran the route for him. I don't know how he got ahead of him, but he got to where Hennon Hooker was throwing it before Hennon Hooker let it go and made the pick. It was a beautiful play. Um, I hate to let an interception be the difference, but that's kind of what it is. Um, and then safety, I think I'd go Brian Branch out of Alabama. Kind of plays that star role. Um, in the slot, put him in the box, put him as you put him wherever you want to put him. The guy's going to make plays. On a hundred, I seen the stat the other day. On a hundred and twenty-five career tackle attempts, he's missed two. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Dude's just a he's a football player. As cliche as that is to say, but he is. He's just he's a he's just a good solid football player. Well, and, um, and bank on Alabama safeties. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that they got three. Four, really, if you count Malachi Moore, who could go first, well, not first, but top 75 this year, yeah, which is insane. Yeah, I think that's the position, obviously running backs, but that's the position that I've looked at that, man, like Saban does such a good job of coaching those, those dudes up. They come into the, the NFL, and they're, they're, you know, a lot of times I feel like you could probably have them call the play calls over the whoever linebacker you've already put the green dot on. Yeah, they'll probably be able to step in and like lead the classroom, you know, in a way. Uh, yeah, they're they're, I was they're super high on Eddie Jackson. Do you, um, were you high on him too? I was too. I had Freddie uh, Eddie Jackson as a first round talent that year and got called stupid because he broke his leg or something. He didn't have he didn't play much his last season, but yeah, he didn't. And uh, I was so high on him, and 
I was like, this is a first round talent. And then people were like, I've never heard of Eddie Jackson. You're an idiot. And, and a couple years later, he was a pro bowler. Yeah. He, um, he went fourth overall. And I do think it was all, or not fourth, fourth round because of injury. So, yeah, he broke his leg or something like that. But yeah, man. And then they're, those guys come out of Alabama, they're football experts. They really are. And that's why they're so coveted. They are football experts coming out of Alabama. But, um, all right, well, let's get to some sleepers then. Here we go. Um, I love this guy here, but I don't know how to pronounce his name. He's out of Northwestern. I haven't heard his name said yet. I got it written down as AA. He's number 99 for Northwestern. He dominated against Ohio State the other day. He's dominated all year. He's 6'2", 280, plays a three-tech, plays the edge, but I think he's a three-tech in the NFL. Just technically refined. He's got good hands. He's strong. He's explosive. I've seen him defeat a reach block a handful of times the other day, flawlessly every time. If you're looking him up, it's, it's, it's like his first and last name starts with an A, and you'll see how crazy it is when when you yeah. get it. At, at something something along the lines of Adetamway, Adabora. Yes, something like that. I, I write every time I write down my notes, I just put AA because I'm like, I'm not spelling that out. Kansas City, Missouri. <laughs> but this guy's a, a top 50 player in the class, I think. And and then you don't hear many people talking about him, but he is, he could have a good long career in the NFL. I mean, that that's, that's really good compact frame. It's, yeah. It's a lot of the like people are going to start doing this now. It happens all the time where one player comes along in the league and it kind of changes how you look at the position. So like when when Drew Brees, you know, was playing at, at such a high level, it was unique because it was like nobody ever under six foot two is any good at quarterback, and here he is at six, standing at barely six foot tall, uh, looking pretty good. Um, Aaron Donald did that for de- defensive tackle. He, mm-hmm. He's too short. Well, okay, why? Well, you you want your tackles to be you know big guys, and like he is a big guy. He's a big guy in a smaller frame, and guess what? That punches a lot harder than the taller guys. Yep. Yeah, and you you hate to make that comparison, but I mean, that, you talking about Aaron Donald brings me a uh, Kalaja Kansi. He's coming out. He's coming out of pit this year. Uh, six foot two eighty. Very similar to Aaron Donald. I don't. Th- he's not as strong as Aaron Donald, but I think he is just as quick. Yeah. And I think if he was six two, he'd be a no doubt first rounder. But he's six foot. He, he's you know listed as six foot. He's probably five eleven, probably about two seventy five. But that's a guy I could see going second, third round, and then the in a year or two, we're talking about him like man, how'd this guy fall? I think Kalaja Kansi could be that. Okay. Let's see. Edge, I got I got your boy Mike Morris wrote down here out of Michigan. Um kind of hoping he comes back. Just saying. <laughs> I mean, he's a monster. Dude, that dude is he's six six two ninety two. He is an absolute I mean, you know, you just recruit you look at it, his size jumps at you. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's really been he's had a good season this year. I know we were think talking about Who's the other guy from Michigan that was supposed to have a good year? He transferred this year. He was a front former five star. Transferred from Michigan? 
No, no, he transferred to Michigan. He started out of Alabama, and then he had to go to JUCO or somewhere like that. Uh, Ioma Ayabi or something like that. Oh, is that uh, number eighteen? But he's yeah, he's their pass rush specialist. He only comes in on long downs. Yeah, but uh, I don't remember his name. He's about like AA up there. (laughs) But. But Mike, I was watching Michigan tape for him and seeing Mike Morris, and I was like, "This guy's not alone. He's not just big; he can move. He's got good handwork as well." Um, then I got Lucas Van Ness out of Iowa. He's number twenty-five on Dane Brugler's top fifty players. I hadn't heard of him until Brugler said him, but six-five, two seventy. He's two seventy with a six-pack. Um, Strong, tough, pl- plays the game well, good hand work, um, good hand fight and good hand placement. Lots you'd like to see. So Lucas Van Nessel guy, I think you'll hear more about as the process goes on. Well, and those Iowa, you know, linebackers, you know, they they come out and they're pretty pretty knowledgeable themselves. So not it's not Alabama, it's not Georgia, but you know, really yeah. good coaching. Yeah, then they're really well coached, and I wish they'd get back to whatever they do. What they're doing now on offense is uh, atrocious. I wish they'd go back to more of a pro style because Iowa tight ends and offensive linemen were always really highly coveted for that same reason. But yep. um, a linebacker, I got Dayon Henley out of Washington State. Dude started off his career at wide receiver. Uh, two years in, he switched to linebacker at Las Vegas, or no, played in Nevada. Then he transferred to Washington State. But crazy athlete at six one two thirty, um, still learning the game. So I don't, you know, that's going to take him out the first or second round. But third round as an athlete, you're going to look to develop. I really like him a lot. Um, cornerback, I got Devon Witherspoon, who I kind of talked about earlier. Going to be matching up against Charlie Jones next uh, this coming weekend. I think that'll be a good test for him. I know I really hadn't seen him being tested a lot, but I think Charlie Jones will be a good test for him. But he's long, he's athletic, really good at mirroring corners and man coverage. Um, so I like Witherspoon a lot, and then safety I got Chris Smith out of Georgia. Uh, Georgia's loaded, so he kind of slipped under the radar preseason for me, but. They move that guy around like a chess piece. Deep safety in the box, slot corner. They just move him around, and he excels everywhere they put him. Mm. But that's the name people really aren't talking about because he's just surrounded by talent at Georgia defense. But that dude, he can play. But that's all I got, man. Cool. Oh, that's very solid there. Uh, when we were talking about those defensive linemen, it triggered something for me. There's a he was a walk-on for Syracuse. Um, he got banged up uh, playing against, I think, playing against Clemson last, um, not last week, but the previous week. And he's like, he's six foot tall. He's like six foot, like two hundred and thirty pounds, two hundred and forty pounds, or something like that. And he's a walk-on, um, but I can't find him. And he he gives me, uh, as a Bills fan, he gives me Kyle Williams vibes when I watch him play because he's this little boy. Oh, yeah. And he, he's but he's so <laughs> he's so explosive off the line. He's not a great power, but he's just 
he's really good at getting out the line and just great explosive firing through the hips. You know what I mean? Just great technique, great form, um, but doesn't have the measurables. So he'll be, he'll be a, a day three guy. And I think someone will get a, a steal with him. But couldn't find anything about, I was trying to find out if he's like injured long-term or not, but I think that's uh I think that could be it for tonight. Bryce, man. Um, tell people, all about you once again if they if they never caught uh, you before on the show. So uh, what's what's the deal with you, man? What do you do, man? I, I run a page on Facebook called the Sideline Scout. Um, man, I, I talk about the draft year around. I mean, I, I tell people a lot that period from February to April. I love that more than I love the NFL season. That may be blasphemous to say, but I do. Um, starting out with a senior bowl in Alabama all the way up to the draft. Uh, so that's all we talk about over there. I mean, we talk about football schematics and players that I used that randomly come to my mind. Vontae Leach randomly come to my mind the other day, and I posted, like, hey, who remembers Vontae Leach? A lot of people did, but um, mainly we just talk about scouting over there. Uh, if you like some of these prospects I named off, come check me out. I'm definitely going to be talking about them more as the year goes on. It, well, it's definitely been um, a, a huge blessing knowing Matt Johnson and being able to do two point because he turned me on to you and your page, and it has been super fun interacting. Uh, I'm constantly bothering you with comments over there, and I, I <laughs> even if you're giving me <laughs> no, never a bother. I appreciate it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think we'll wrap it up. Uh, Matt's been doing some um, schedule shifting. So, uh, you know, if you're missing his voice, uh, Matt is still very much a part of this podcast. I miss uh, not talking to him. Didn't get to talk to him again this week. Um, but uh, once again, I want to thank that the pod father himself, Matt Johnson, for allowing me to do this and for introducing me to Bryce and the sideline scout. Um, it's been really fun. It's good. It's, it's a, a passion of mine as well to do some amateur scouting and it's it's been really fun getting to talk to you Bryce. So thanks for hopping on, man. No problem, boss. Cool, cool. Uh and that's it. We're out. And uh don't forget two point conversation is good. Yeah, spot.